0: Dear viewers, wa And welcome to session number five, where I wish we could say football has well and truly come home, but it hasn't, uh, not least to the UK anyway. Um, sorry that we couldn't join you last week. The semi finals were just around the corner from here, so the traffic wasn't exactly too friendly. But nonetheless, we are here and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has given us the tawfiq to continue. Um, today's session is quite a provocative title, I would say. Let's start being polite. It's not uh, the clearest kind of title, but it kind of, it's, it's quite intense, it's quite in your face. And it's kind of saying, hey, are you polite? Are you really polite when you go and pray, or are you not? And anyway, we will jump right into it, but as ever, if you have anything that you would like to share with us, you're more than welcome to, uh, through YouTube chat, uh, which Muhammad Jawad will be having a look at. Muhammad tell me, how's the week been?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, quite busy, actually. Um, yeah. Been trying to implement the uh, after-prayer sort of activities. You know, after that hadith that you sort of shared... Where Allah said, "Give this guy back his prayer because he hasn't done it." Yeah, uh, slap he, it back or whatever it was. I, you kind of woke me up quite a bit mm-hmm. actually, um, and started implementing mm-hmm. these surahs by Ayatullah al- that Ayatullah Amara al- she recommended mm-hmm. after every namaz. And I think it's quite difficult, but the easiest one I'd recommend everyone to do is uh, al Asr after Asr, literally f- two minutes, and you're you're sort of one out of five. So it's. Suratul yaseen after Fajr, mm-hmm. Suratul naba after Zohar. Uh, Asr after Asr, um, Suratul Waqia after Maghrib, and Suratul mulk after Isha. So amazing. Try doing five out of five. It's very difficult to start with, but you get the rhythm in. Yeah, so I've been doing it's that. Powerful. It's been uh, it's been a challenge. That's powerful. But alhamdulillah. See, you see, said I've, your I've, life will change completely.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna, and I will share an admission yeah. that I in the last week, I'd say my prayer has gone down a notch. Uh-huh. Um, and I was trying to think why mm. and i i, I like to put people like why are you admitting that i think it's nice to kind of just discuss it and be like because it happens we fluctuate right of course um at least that's me justify make myself feel a bit better no but i was i was and i was trying to reflect like wh- what is it that's changed in the last week and as we were just speaking about just off air work has really got quite intense mm. so it doesn't mean you neglect prayer but it just meant that the quality of it i felt diminished a bit mm. and i was like okay what was that and it was a case of maybe Oh, I've got my six-minute gap. Let me go pray Duhar. And then mm. at half four, because I prefer to split my prayers, like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I've got four minutes now, so I'm going to quickly go do Asa. And it's, it was a bit too, I fit, I, I prioritise it, but I'll mm. fit it in just yeah. rather than have the extra time to take it easy
1: and so forth. I felt the same. It's been, uh, especially when meetings are overrun, and I've tried praying on time as much as I can, but because I split it as well recently, mm-hmm it's more and more difficult to pray the second one on time. So mm. it ends up being like at 6pm, 7pm. Right? I'm like, wow, what am yeah. I doing? Because yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. All, when it comes to winter time, it's going to be like... Yeah, so you haven't <laughs> got much time to split. <laughs> to
0: me no, but it's t- and I think that that's... And I'd love to hear what, um, you know, the viewers have to say as well. Like, how do, you, do you have these fluctuations? How do you usually handle it around your work schedule? Because Alhamdulillah, we've been at home, largely working from home, so you can actually dictate it to some yeah. degree. Um, but even still, like it just felt... Some of those things that maybe you do beforehand, or when you're a bit more relaxed going to the prayer mat. I, th- I think there's almost like an adrenaline thing, right? Mm. When you're like, okay, I've, 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 got, I've got six, seven minutes, I can go do Bahr. You're entering the conversation with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala already pumped, but not for the right mm. reason, right? And therefore, everything is
1: rushed. There's also the additional challenge of my daughter trying to climb me whenever I'm trying to pray now. So, uh...
0: so I've experienced the, the Masala being <laughs> folded whilst oh, I'm yeah? praying. I was like. <laughs>
1: it you sounds so like, that's it. it. Yeah, that's you it. you're, you're done. Prayer. You're done. I
0: think, like, my mom used to say, you know, if you have to fold them with salah, otherwise, shaitan's this. And maybe he's like, hey, you're shaitan on the prayer, I'm <laughs> folding you over. Steady. Anyway, we digress. This is, this is why we trust Shaykh's words of and course. not ours. Uh, so, how to pray good prayer? We'll jump right into session number five. Um, just to give you a bit of a conclusion, at the end of last uh, session, we started looking, uh, we, we concluded on a hadith by Imam al Rida alayhi salam. Which was really powerful Uh, praying this, confessing to the lordship of the mighty and the glorious God, negating any partner for Him, and standing in front of the omnipotent God whose glory is great, humbly in poverty, with humility, confessing, repenting. And it was all about this difference between us being an insignificant slave, standing in front of this uh, completely significant and unlimited and great being in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we kind of said, you know, when you just read that, it's it's just completely about remembering you're nothing, unto You are needy unto Allah subhanahu wa taala, right? You are poor unto Him, and it's just reminding us of like the status difference fundamentally, which I think is what we've discussed quite a lot. Um, and this was all under the topic of letting God's greatness enter our hearts. Um, we're supposed to obey Allah's commands fearfully. One of the first steps is to carry out those rules correctly, precisely. And if we do that correctly, and if we're all good on that, then gradually Allah's greatness will eventually enter our hearts. And if that happens, then the spring of kindness of Allah will begin to follow thereafter. And that's kind of where we all get excited. Then Shaykh goes into an amazing discussion around sujood, prostration, right? Which is the part of prayer that people would call it the climax of prayer. People, when they, uh, you know, when outsiders look at you, it's probably the one that the most perplexed by. Like this is a very vulnerable state someone is in to be, you know, prostrating to their lord, and they're probably thinking, "I would never bow down to anything or anyone," so they must be bowing down to something quite significant, and it's visually quite impactful. So, under the topic of letting God's greatness enter our hearts, he says the effects of prostration on instilling God's greatness. In our hearts So what is the link Between prostration And allowing Allah's greatness To enter our hearts So He starts with this If we wish for our prayer To have a greater effect One area we should focus on Is our sujood Fine A long prostration With awareness And that's the difference And again When I was saying that I was in a rush My sujda is like seconds. Well I doubt Let's be honest I've never made it to a minute You know In it it, Mm -hmm. uh, Realistically right But it's it's literally like ala wa bilh'ala and I'm I'm back up and you just you're just in the flow, right? Mm. But you're saying a sujood with awareness is very effective in two massive things. And one of them we've spoken about a lot. Destroying our pride. Mm-hmm. So again, this whole thing of like, oh, I've come to the prayer mat to you know, spend time with my Lord and to tell him No 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 no. Sort your ego out first, right? Remember the status difference. So a long prostration with awareness. Is very effective in destroying our pride, firstly, mm. and secondly, causing God's greatness and grandeur to enter our hearts. So once we prostrate and we have bowed and we've submitted to the greatness, or we've we've got rid of that arrogance, at that point we realize how feeble and insignificant we are. Therefore, Allah's greatness can come and fill our tank, mm. if you like. And Imam Sadiq alayhi salam is reported to say the closest state of a servant to the almighty and glorious God is the state when he is prostrating.
1: Mm.
0: And again, I'm thinking if that's the peak of prayer and if I were to draw a graph to say how impactful my prayer is at any given time, do I really find myself during such that peaking? Or is it just tailing off? Is it just a quick mm. up and down kind of thing? So to destroy pride and cause greatness to enter Our hearts. And if we do that correctly, Shaykh asserts and says, Look, we then start this prayer looking forward and excited for this climax of the prostration. We're building up to it, right? And some of the Mufassireen say that the ruku' is a preparation for sajda. The entirety of your salah is in a preparation for this climax of bowing and submitting to your Lord, which again is such a powerful. Notion We bow We prepare for the prostration We rise from the prostration And we should be in the mindset That we're gutted I'm like I I never ever feel that I'm never sad Because we're rising? Because we're rising Which is why Allah Orders us to go back again Uh So we go into sujood And as we raise We should feel this like I wish I could Have that feeling again Where Allah's greatness Is entering my heart Where my ego's gone And Allah's greatness Is entering my heart We feel that regret From having come back up So then we're ordered to go back for a second time. Mm. And you can see that so much mercy, right? It's like, come back, I want to give you more. If you can leave your ego at the door, I want to give you more. Mm. Um, And then when we come back up with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recognises that is a difficult moment if you've just received all of this bounty. Therefore, through his might and power, you're able to rise. Because I know you need help with that moment. Now for me, I'm like, yeah, it means nothing because I didn't get anything out of that sajda anyway. And that's mm. my fault, right? But if I really capitalise on it, I would need that strength to come back up after having benefited from the feast of mercy that Allah has just given me. But instead, I'm a bit whatever. Do you ever find that like, in, in sujoor that is the climax? Or what's, what's your experience been?
1: It's been a bit serene at times. Very, very rare occasions where when you do have that awareness, as you mentioned, it's a bit more... Um, connected mm-hmm. uh, and it 's sort of like you 're earthed in a way yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. and it's like there 's this rush of blood to the head right because of mm. the position in which your head 's in, and then when you get up you 're like oh okay it 's back to reality back I to yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, so I like this earthed concept actually that 's
1: it 's not for me like by any means I think i 've actually heard it from somewhere else i can't i can 't remember where mm-hmm. But it's apparently there's some science behind how um, you're charged up when you sort of live or live your daily life, mm-hmm. and then going into Sajda helps you earth yourself and sort That's of discharge. That's really cool. Discharge. I'm not sure. Don't take my really word cool. for it. It's, uh, it's it's I don't know whether there's a science to it or not. I've just C- heard call it out Muhammad if there isn't. So uh, just just a disclaimer. <laughs> there, um, you might just be. Just a Facebook talk. status. Yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> One of those but I think I think like, the yeah.
0: concept is nice because yeah. and again when I when I was saying earlier that I didn't have the I didn't feel my prayer was at its at its what where, where it can be, right? Mm. The thing that exactly that kind of brought it back was a slightly prolonged Sajda. Mm. So you kind of remember this part and I was like, okay, let's try that. And I was like, actually, yeah, that's quite calming. That's quite yeah. relaxing. It's quite a reset. It's quite a again, it's a recognition of like what was i prioritizing above this moment above this recognition of the greatness of the lord um, and i've
1: always read there's something that intimate as well yeah, so yeah yeah that sort of moment of privacy between yourself and your lord where no one can hear you you're literally mm. guarding everything and you're just having a very intimate conversation mm. and sort of you're whispering and you're sort of bearing all so, you know, mm. after uh, after your salah, you, you have Sadi Shukr and mm-hmm. you, you sort of thank him you, and then ask him. Mm-hmm. You're sort of bearing everything, all the problems that you have. Even after our A'mal that mm-hmm. we do, mm-hmm. and they go, okay, now ask for your hajjah, go into Sazdah and mm-hmm. ask for your Hajat. There's a reason why you're asked to go into Sajdah rather than just generally. Yeah, or yeah and that's hands really up interesting. Or anything. They just say, go to Sajdah. That's really interesting. So, uh, it's. Uh, there's, also pro- there's probably also a reason why um, the believers are said to have been identified by the signs on their forehead.
0: On their forehead. That's a beautiful link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: that's my connection with Sajjah. That's a beautiful link. And I, I love, I love uh, that.
0: Timam al-Asqari's. alamat al That's really beautiful. Mm. It, to testify to that, I guess, to some extent, Shaykh Lin says, remember, you can repeat the words of prostration here thrice. So why is it that in... Uh, sajda and we'll call are recommended to say Subhanallah, 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 and then Subhana ala wa Again, to prolong no. and prolong and prolong, to stay there for as long as you can in this submission to your Lord. Wow. Um, hence, in conclusion, we should lengthen our prostration. And mm. as I mentioned dear viewers, if you are not having the best of prayer, or you like it, it's not at the quality that you usually like it to to be, just try and focus on on your sajda. And I think build from there. I think it can really, as mm-hmm. Muhammad Jawad said, it can really like help release the tension, the rush, the rat race that you think you're in. Of course, you need to be smart and logistically plan your time so you're not running to another meeting because that will always mm-hmm. be on your head. So try and give yourself that window as much as possible and focus on it, build up to it, Pre- You know, be mm-hmm. excited for the sajda. And we'll come on to this a little bit later, inshallah, if we have the time, but prepare as you're preparing for salah, prepare for that moment of sajda. It can really help have a specific um, moment. Um, another hadith then that comes again from Amr al-Sadiq alayhis-salam. And this is beautiful. If a servant lengthens his prostration without anyone seeing him, to your point again about it's you private, it's, it's your intimate moment. If a servant lengthens his prostration without anyone seeing him, shaytan will tell himself, woe to me, they obeyed and I disobeyed. They prostrated and I defied. There's another moment where you've beaten Shaytan, I guess, mm. in a way, where you're, you're, you're managing to uh, get on top of him in, in, in that case. Um, and again, you shouldn't rush to finish uh, when you're in such there. And again, I think that's something that when you, when I am in that rush, I feel myself, "Here, yeah, just get up, just get moving, and whatever. Again, Imam mm. al-Sadiq, if a servant hurries and gets up quickly to pursue his needs, God will say, doesn't my servant know that I'm the one who provides his needs? Again, you're like, mm. man, why did I, I prioritise that? And sometimes it's actually not that tough to say, hey, I'm going to be a couple of minutes there. I'm just finishing something off. And if you're confident enough, yeah, I'm just finishing my prayers. So I'll be a couple of minutes late. It can just be those extra two minutes that you spend in that sajda that can make the difference, that can mm. reset, as you said, and keep you going. Mm. But I think that if a servant hurries and gets up quickly to pursue his needs, God will say, doesn't my servant know that I'm the one who provides his needs? game over
1: <laughs> it's like you've got a tap running and then you run away from it because you're thirsty yeah yeah so what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing so, yo, it's here it's like <laughs> you want to go
0: here hundred percent hundred percent the frustration is beautiful yeah. right and that's the c- conclusion and a person who practices becoming extremely small in front of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can really then uh benefit from allah's greatness then to come and engulf them um Interestingly, Shekhan goes on, he says, look, however, this doesn't bring a revolution in our hearts from the beginning. So it comes back to that point, if it's going to take time, so we need to fight that instant gratification thing that we're all subject to nowadays. I ordered something from Adidas yesterday, it came today, I was like, wow, you know, this is incredible, right? So we're all, we're all in this world, if I just want it now, 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 but mm. you're not just going to do one social then and feel everything sorted. It's going to mm. take time, right? So when you've done this for a long period of time, when there's only me, And I keep myself going and I know to myself, you know what, I want to stop, I'm finished. Force yourself to try and continue just that little bit more. It's almost like going to the gym, which we all know I don't do. Uh, (laughs) We've mentioned before, right? You reach 12 reps and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do another two. I'm going to push myself a bit more. So similarly when you're in that sajda, just think, could I glorify Allah even more? Mm. Well, he's infinitely great, so of course he can. And you try and Allah's watching and he's like... You know, you went against your will and your personal desires to glorify further and I'm going to bless you further.
1: Maybe the challenge for this week is to spend a bit longer in sajda. Yes. Absolutely. Try 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah, see how it goes. And comment in um, the next week if uh, you want to share your experiences of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. it would be really cool to hear. It would yeah, be definitely. really cool to hear. Um, and again, this is another one and from uh, another of our hadith, this time from Amir al-Mu'mineen. Where it's reported to say, if a person who is praying understands what a blessing from Allah has surrounded him, he will never get up from prostration. Oh. Back to the back to the tap, right? If you're mm. being that safe, if you're being that uh, you know satisfied from your and being hydrated thanks to the water, you just won't stop. You'll keep going, keep going, mm. keep going. So if you recognise and you can feel and you, you see the difference of how much Allah is giving you in that moment, why would you want to get up? what would prompt you to get up. Um, and further to this, and I know you may, you may be thinking, dear viewers, that this is a bit excessive, but Shaykh has given so many different examples and I'm sure just to really hammer home this point. And this one's incredible. This comes from uh, Imam Al-Kadhim, alayhis salam, where we have a narration that tells us that a single prostration of his lasted until morning. So I'll read this uh, narration out. It's quite long, but I think when you think about it, it's quite powerful. Imam Al-Kadhim, alayhis salam. His guard in the prison of Harun Rashid started, uh, stated the following about the situation of Imam calvin in prison. He said, I watch over him day and night. Whenever I look at him, he's always in sujood. His schedule is this way, that after the morning prayer, he reads the recommended supplications for after the prayer for one hour until the sun rises. Then he prostrates and stays in that position until my agent informs him that it is noontime. So from sunrise till noon. Then he gets up and starts praying the noon prayer without making the minor ablution again. So we understand that during the whole time that he was prostrating, he hasn't slept. Because obviously if he had fallen asleep, he would need to do his wudu. Mm-hmm. Then he continues praying until he finishes the afternoon prayer. After finishing the afternoon prayer, he puts his blessed head on the ground and prostrates continuously. He prostrates until the sun sets. Then he raises his head and without making the wudu he prays the sunset prayer. Again, he continues praying until he's prayed the evening prayer. After praying the evening prayer, he breaks his fast with the little food that they bring for him. Then he makes the wavu again and starts prostrating until he gets up and sleeps a little. After sleeping, he gets up, does wavu again, and starts praying the Salat of And until it's time for the morning prayer. From the time that they have entrusted him to me, this is what he's done.
1: I can't imagine the journey he's going through at each prostration. Mad. It's just elevation on elevation on elevation. It's elevation. mad. Are it's you, you mad. Ah, it's...
0: Oof. When you're connected to the unlimited source, you don't stop.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's... Whew.
0: And obviously when we read this, we're like, oh, that's a bit much. Yeah, okay, okay fine. But like, again, just connect to that. Just how, how much he must have been feeling and receiving and... Being inspired to continue, right? And that, and that mm. continuous journey of recognizing, and, and I say this on behalf of myself, not on behalf of the Imam, recognize how lowly we are, right? That we are the abds of Allah, and then receiving the greatness of Allah thereafter in our hearts, and how that's just a constant cycle, mm. right?
1: Um, Incredible hadith.
0: Mad, honestly, when you think about it. And this is wow. in a prison, let's not forget, right? And this is coming from uh, a guard who may not have any reason to want to be positive about the Imam, but he's narrating something like this. So, Mm. again, I think it hammers the point home that the effect of frustration on instilling God's greatness in our hearts is exceptional. It's second to none and it's something that we should really engage with. And even if we don't have much love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Now we know that prostrating has other effects, i.e. it can help bring about humility. So we should give it a go, right? Even if you're not crazy in love with Allah, give it a go. Because we all know having a lower ego or a lesser ego is beneficial, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you as well. Um, And if you spend that little bit of extra time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward it. Um, That's a really important point there. Nabi Al-A'adha Muhammad آله, again, and I think you can see this session is largely going to be around Emphasizing the frustration and then we'll go on to the politeness He's reported to say, God boasts before the angels due to the existence of three groups of people The second is a person who wakes up alone in the night to pray He prostrates and while he's prostrating he falls asleep At this time, God tells his angels, look at my servant, his soul is with me And his body is prostrating in front of me the status you have in front of Allah at that point. Why would you want to get up? What is mm. the next meeting?
1: <laughs> when Allah is celebrating what you've just done, you can't get any higher than that. That's where you want to be, That's right? That's like the pinnacle.
0: That's the peak. <laughs> Absolute yeah, absolutely. 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 Mm. Um so, sujood, sujood, sujood. To let that greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instill upon you sujood, sujood, sujood as much as you can so yeah, sure. that concluded uh, chapter two uh, it's been quite a journey to get just to chapter two but alhamdulillah we've got there mm. um chapter three the first step of polite prayer um so this chapter if i just give a quick summary of it just so we know what we're going to go on if you're going to go visit someone significant you'd be respectful you'd be polite you'd go about things in a certain way with a certain mannerism to make sure that you are uh, you are being courteous, I guess, to the person you're going to visit. Unfortunately, uh, if we go and see someone of our family member, we won't be as courteous or as prepared as if we were to go and see uh, the Queen, for example. Mm. Maybe, maybe not, but I don't know, probably.
1: No, you're right. Um, There's a whole etiquette behind exactly seeing the royal family and yeah. visiting them and sort of. The steps that you need to take, I don't know. Yeah, what you yeah. can
0: and can't do, lots of rules. Yeah. Why? Because the more you are respectful and polite, it's there's a direct correlation to the status of that person, mm. right? Um, so take that mindset and put that hat on as we go through. And obviously, I'm sure you can then tell it's all about how we go about preparing for prayer, how we see it, and to what extent are we giving it the uh, respect it deserves? And Sheikhi coins the term of a polite prayer.
1: Mm. This is the first chapter that I've fully read. Well, in, in the process mission, of reading. I have to admit, because obviously <laughs> everything was really busy, etc. And I just, I, I just relied on you to, to share us, us copying your homework. But this time I've actually uh, Well, I'll, I'll let you reading. present the whole thing then. Right? No, no, it's good, it's good. <laughs>
0: so let's jump in so quick recap before anything else prayer is about being obedient to god's command what it's not about me getting stuff out of it no it's about you being obedient to allah first and foremost the first step is to internalize allah's greatness into our hearts what should we do for god's greatness to become internalized in our hearts we need to be polite in front of allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. we need to be respectful in front of him then we can start trying to do this whilst praying so prepare first and then we can be polite during our prayer and Imam As-Sajjad, so just to finish that The slave stands before his master in a polite manner We are the slave, this is the master of the universe So we need to do the same So Imam As-Sajjad a.s. uh, then comes forward with the following And he's reported to say the rights of the prayer, right? So the right of prayer is that you should know Prayer means standing in the presence of Allah In prayer, you're standing in front of God So when you have understood this you should be an abject, humble, eager, hopeful, fearful, destitute, and beseeching servant. You should stand with calmness and solemnity, solemnity sorry, due to your respect for the one whom you're standing in front of. So when you find yourself in that mindset that you are standing in such a presence, you humble yourself. Um, and I'm just gonna to say to the producers, we can hear ourselves in the studio if you could. I don't know, I don't know where that's coming from, but it's a bit bit weird. Uh, but anyway, we'll 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 cope if it can't be solved. So standing in front of Allah, when you recognize that this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your your mindset changes, right? Rather than I'm just gonna go pray. It's like, no, I'm gonna go stand in front of Allah, the mindset changes.
1: Before we carry on, um, mm-hmm. we had a couple of questions actually. Mm-hmm. Well, first one is, does the shaykh suggest what one should recite in your seduce to it? You mentioned um, he SubhanAllah doesn't. He times. doesn't
0: mention, but the, the common thing is when we say mm. SubhanAllah, 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 So perhaps just the repetition, I'm assuming that's the mustahabba to repeat that.
1: And the next question is, Asalaamu Alaikum, alaykum I know praying your work is sometimes so deflating because you really want to concentrate and pray beautiful prayer, but you have so many things running through your mind. It gets very frustrating when you finish and you know that it's not a good prayer. It's a horrible feeling. Mm. Oh, it's not a question. It's just a statement. So, yep, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. You kind of leave it thinking, "Oh, I could I could have done a bit better." Mm. So, hopefully, we can then either spend a couple more minutes extra during the um, during that time that we're praying, or if we can't, we sort of pray an additional one, like a sunnah prayer, when you go home, just to sort of Reconnect, mm. in a way.
0: I'd, again, advocate um, mm. Dr Ali Al-Hilli's 50 ways to concentrate in prayer. 101. <laughs> oh, you know, I messaged him, and I said, Ali, you know, we mentioned you on the show, your book, and I said, I, got, I think I got the title right, said 50, and now I've done it again. So No, no, I said, oh, I said 50. Right. I was like, And then I got corrected, so 101. Oh. Uh so so def-
1: Dalmatians, and just big prayer. <laughs> Dalmatians.
0: So 101 Dalmatians and ways to concentrate in prayer. Um, no, but genuinely, you know, there's, I think it's, it's, it's a challenge and that's probably why he did he did the mm-hmm. research and came up with this beautiful uh, content for us. Um, it's, for, it, it's because we all experience it, mm-hmm. right? Let's not shy away from it. And I think that is the exact challenge. It's being able to... Well, I think when, when you take that step back and you go, okay, am I just going to pray or am I going to stand in front of my Lord? It comes back to what we're coming on to now, which is being polite. You need to prepare the mindset in order to be polite. Otherwise, you go in and rush, right? You would never imagine someone going to meet the queen. It's annoying to have to use the queen. Let's use Sayyid Sistani as the example, right? Let's, let's, let's get a bit more real. You would be surprised if you saw when the Pope went to see Sayyid that he was just like running across Najaf, you know, like comes in a bit sweaty and he's like, oh, Sayyid, how's it going? You know, it wouldn't happen, right? But this is mm. a bit disrespectful. Similarly, even when he went to approach him, you saw there's a lot of like courtesy. There's, mm. It's calm, it's collected, it's respect there's a lot of respect in just the way their demeanor with each other mm. and say it to the pope as well you know of course being an exemplary example so similarly for us we just need to come into that prayer with the same mindset right mm. i get it it's tough when we've got the time limit of i've got 10 minutes and i need to avoid all in, whatever whatever it is difficult and there's no doubt but again it's a it's a mind game at the end of the day as well right there's a logistical part and there's a mind game and this is what inshallah we'll, we'll cover but definitely mm. 101 ways mm mm-hmm. It sure it's not 100. I'm pretty
1: sure it's 101. If
0: you've got it wrong.
1: Oh, Dr. Hilly, if I have got it wrong, I do apologize sincerely. <laughs> it is 101 He's ways to concentrate in prayer. So, oh, you've been paying attention um, to my book. I actually <laughs> have it at home. So, uh.
0: It's only $6.99 off Amazon. So uh, that's an amazing, amazing buy. Um, so definitely get it. Mm. Um, but this is what this chapter tries to look at. It tries mm. to look at a... It tries to actually just emphasize the importance of having a polite prayer less so about how actually Mm. so I think that'll be a very complimentary book but the emphasis maybe will just knock into our heads that okay I can't I shouldn't let myself find an excuse I should really find a way to to solve Mm. it um so (laughs) Shay starts the chapter in a bit of a uh, a way I was like hmm Sheikh, really first line was like praying a good prayer is very simple I was like not sure I agree with you on that one Mm. it's it's been tricky but you know Theoretically it's simple, be calm, go, approach, recognize Allah and you know, yeah. re- remember you're nothing It's just that we've got too big an ego to, to, to be able to do that Um And he says look for a while, just try, try and be polite in your prayer Try to have this where you're going to enter it in a very mm. modest, calm, relaxed fashion Just give it a go, See see what happens, see mm. if it changes The same way that I was saying earlier that I was rushing into my prayer, therefore everything was accelerated if you approach it a bit calmer, if you have a garment at home mm. that you use specifically for prayer. And again, I, I, I'm a big believer in like, if you do things, I'm, I'm very kinesthetic, right? So when I do something physical, it helps me change my mindset, right? So yeah. uh, I was saying to, to some youth, they were like, you know, what are some of the things that we can do to stop ourselves from sinning or from you know looking at something that we shouldn't look at? I said, look, get, have you got a ring? They're like, no, I said, get a ring and put it on your finger. Because just the weight of that, when you're not used to it, will be some kind of physical reminder, at least, to wake you up, right? And, you know, sometimes people will wear a green cloth of Al-Abbas, alayhi Again, it's like a, a visual reminder for those who are visual. Similarly, have an item of clothing. It's recommended to use a cloak uh, for the male. I don't know about for, for females. Um, or a ring that you'll wear when you pray. Or mm-hmm. that you'll put on a certain perfume when you pray. All these kind of things that force you to break your norm then just jumping onto the prayer mat, and then you crack on. It forces a level of etiquette, like you would with the Queen. Um, you'll do that and just try. Try and be polite. And I think that will be a cause, a catalyst for perhaps a more focused prayer, because it gets you out of your your normal line of thinking. Um, and gradually, because you're starting to be a little bit more polite and respectful, this unique love that Allah has put in your heart for himself will start to manifest You'll start to have a very unique type of love With Allah And also Allah will give you knowledge That you can't even describe According to Shaykh and the Ruwayat, Which I think is really beautiful
1: I think for those who have children I was, I was talking to a Shaykh um, The other day And uh, he was talking about How you need to make prayer an event For when your children are around you so what you just said right now, putting on a shawl or mm. putting on a, a, I'll call it a khanz, I don't know, people call it khandura or whatever. <laughs> you basically put that on to signify that you're going to be praying. Yeah. Your child then witnesses it. He thinks, this is new. This, special moment. Exactly. Kind of yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a special moment. It must be important. And mm. if it must be important and my dad or mum are giving it importance, I need to give it importance. Mm. And that way you can... Nurture it in your child, and I found that amazing, that bit of advice. Symbolism, isn't it? I of think course, it's all yeah. about the
0: Which we do amazingly for Muharram. Yeah. And for shahram as well. Mm. But if we can inculcate it into day-to-day prayer,
1: yeah.
0: you know, it's really, really special. Mm. Um, one other thing that that uh, we've tried is playing the Avan very loudly in the house. which oh, really? When you have a kid that's sleeping is no longer something that we do too <laughs> much, but you still try and play it when we can. Yeah. Um, but if you then have A certain avant For different prayers So you have an avant oh. For fajr You have an avant I've not tried that but Like again Could be another thing Interesting. Uh, Again to symbolise And I think there's there's A lot of association Right mm. As humans We like association So you're like Oh fajr time Because I'm listening To that one A the whole time And it gets you Into a certain State of mind mm. Um which is quite cool. You
1: need to apply that, actually. It's a good tip. It's cool. Yes. It's yeah, cool.
0: Yeah. Um, use your free Sonos uh, speakers when you buy a certain mm. phone for good, for good use, inshallah, not, not for the challenging <laughs> use. Um, so say, Sheikh says that if you manage to do this polite prayer, then eventually you'll start to pray with love. And we come back to that point. It's not about starting with love because it won't happen straight away. It's not about starting with fear. It won't happen. You need to do, do, the, do the basics. Mm. And then you'll start to pray with us, um, with love. Because it's not easy for people like us to just suddenly turn pale, like Amir al-Mu'nin, as we know, simply because we're too far from God. And we're not just going to naturally miss God because we're too far from Him generally. So we need to build up to this. But interestingly, he says, fearing God is the behaviour of the mystics. So if you want to go down a very spiritual journey and therefore have this relation with Allah, it takes time. You've got to build to it. Um, And again, focus on assessing ourselves not comparing ourselves against the awliya of Allah look towards their peak to seek inspiration but don't belittle oneself and say I'll never get to that stage and therefore I'm just going to stop because that is the workings of shaitan, which we must be very careful with So what does praying politely mean? And Shaykh has this beautiful way of saying, says It's as if you say whilst you're praying God, whether I'm in a good mood or, or not whether I love you or not, whether I'm afraid of you or not whether it's hard for me to pray or not, no matter what I have to be polite Whether I like you as the queen Whether I agree with what you stand for As a monarchism As a uh, uh, In like what the royal family stands for in this country Whatever, whatever, whatever If I meet you <laughs> I don't have a choice Because the guards are going to get me, right? If I, <laughs> if I mess up a bit um, In this case, no No one's going to arrest you If you're disrespectful to Allah But the angels will note it down, right? Um, so regardless of the mindset we're in If I'm in a rush or if I'm happy or whatever It's being able to approach that prayer And approach Allah in a very In the same manner every single time mm. Because it shouldn't be dependent on my mood It should be dependent on the greatness of Allah Which we know is infinite Therefore my reaction should always be submissive um, Interestingly then Imam Under this topic of what does praying politely mean and I didn't quite manage to put this one together And I had a couple of ideas, but I'll share this Imam Al-Jawad a.s. was asked, what does being polite before God mean? When I just asked that, oh, now everyone can see, they can see the answer I was going to say, what was going to be your, your, your response to that? But you got away with it, all good So I, when I read that, what is being polite before God mean? I thought it was going to be like, you are somber, you're submissive, you're etc, etc, etc But the response is reported to say, is reciting the Quran correctly I was like, what? I genuinely didn't, like, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, Mm. where did the Quran come into this? Like, I I thought this was between me and Allah. Um, But then, Shaykh adds another hadith, which I guess helps explain this, which comes from Nahanjul Balagha, and it's basically alluding to it's due to the recitation of the Quran that the rest of the parts of your prayer then follow. So similarly to how we said, and I'll, I'll share the full khutbah or the, the portion of the sermon in a second, the same way we said the other day that prayer is like the um, is the relationship of the head to the body, whatever wherever your head goes, your body follows. The same way, whatever your prayer does, your rest of your deeds follow. Mm. Even within that, now the recitation of Quran in your prayer dictates then your prayer thereafter, which I think is a very interesting concept, um, and the. Fuller sermon if we just read it. So during the middle of the night, they stand up reading portions of the Quran and recite it in a well-measured way. Creating grief in themselves and seeking a cure for their ailments from it. They become fearful due to the verses which are fearsome. They long for the things which God has encouraged them for. They become bent over due to the effect of reading the Quran. This means they bow down and then go into prostration. So it's almost like you're reading those lines of Qur'an and you are letting them enter your heart and have an impact and recognising this is Maliki Yawm And there was a beautiful session we had with, uh, I don't know if you want me to mention, one of our teachers of, of Tafsir in Surah Al-Fatiha. And he said, why is it Yom Id And this part really made me, like it, it really changed Surah Al-Fatihah in particular for me. In fact, each line was just outstanding. So if you have the chance to do tafsir of Surah Al-Fatihah, definitely do it. He said, Maliki Yom Id why is it Yom Id Right, mm-hmm. it's meant to be master of the day of judgment. Why is it the day? Why is it Yom?" Said, so because in the day, in, when the sun is out, everything can be seen. And on the day of judgment, Everything that you've done can be seen, and it's the master on that day where everything is exposed that you've done. When you see it that way, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alameen, all praises You to Allah, Lord of the worlds, al-Rahman ar rahim the most merciful, the most kind, Malikiy al So after you've recognised His greatness, you then recognise, oh wow, actually, He's the one that's gonna hold me to account. Mm-hmm. And what do I say thereafter? (inaudible) Just only to you then In that state of nerves where I'm like Oh, he's going to see it all Well, only to you do we worship And only to you do we ask for help And you imagine someone, if they're truly feeling those words Would be trembling by this point, right? i witness your greatness I know you're you're merciful and loving But you're going to absolutely hold me to account And therefore I'm just going to focus on you I'm only going to worship you I'm only going to ask for help from you Please guide me to the straight path. Someone at this point is like, Mm -hmm. is like, you know, in a state of disarray. So if you nail that part of the Qur'an in your salah, rather than Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, which we're all guilty of, right? Mm. If you nail that bit, then your Ruqoob will mean so much more. Your Sujood will mean so much more. Perhaps that's kind of what this was alluding to. What do you think?
1: It's spot on. uh, Couldn't Couldn't put it better myself.
0: Makes sense? I think think it it... kind of of applies. Um, Yeah, 100%. Inshallah. Okay, cool. Um, Again, we re-emphasize this point about salah being, it's us being abject in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, abject being completely without pride or dignity, like you're just Mm. out of it, right? Um, So we must focus initially on being polite and later fall in love with God. How can we be polite? Practically, what can we do to be polite, and we'll try and go through this as quick as we can Um, they may sound quite repetitive, they may sound very uh, shar'i, like very Islamic lawsy to you Um, which is good, because again it's important to remember this is also that we can let Allah's (laughs) greatness enter our hearts, right? so that we can pay the due respect and therefore at some point fall in love but in order to do that, similarly if I was going to go meet the Queen, similarly if I was going to go meet Sayyid Sistani, they give me a whole load of fools done. you can't wear a belt, you need to do this, you need to do that, you get checked, blah, 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 In the same way, that then makes me excited to meet this man, that I'm going through all of this to go and meet him. So I need to go through all these rules of prayer that are very specific, that sometimes we feel are a bit annoying. It's like, oh, I just wish I could just do it my way, which we'll discuss in a second. But after all this prep, I'm now in a state where I'm being polite and respectful. For my prayer, which I'm about to deliver to my Lord. So some of them, for example, um, firstly, how to be polite. Observing the rules for prayer is the first condition to being polite, right? And you can't turn up to the Queen and uh, fist bump her. That's, you, know, you can't break the rule. Anymore. Although
1: there was a story. Someone do it. Riz Ahmed was about to do that. It's on YouTube. I don't want to go into it in this <laughs> session, but it's, 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 it's an incredible story. Definitely recommend it. <laughs> okay,
0: so you can sometimes fist bump no, the no, Queen. If he
1: thought he was going to and then... The guard was like this Really? He's like, I was like this And the guard was like this I was like, cool okay. <laughs> Anyway, it's, it's something yeah. I don't want to butcher it so. <laughs> so
0: you need to observe the rules Is for what we're sure. saying for right? For In sure. order to be polite So um, this, the standard things That when we're praying We should avoid any excessive action Right? Um, whilst we're reciting obligatory words um, Because that even signals Even the slight impoliteness Towards Allah ﷻ, That I'm fidgeting And again I say this as if I'm like pure, I'm really not, I'm guilty of this Like you're, you're fidgeting, you're readjusting your belt You're doing the button on your sleeve because you've just done with all Like all these, they're all just disrespect in front of someone Let alone Allah, just in front of someone They're just disrespectful, right? To be shuffling around or whatever um, Interestingly, Shaykh says this line And I think it's really quite magnificent He says, love isn't by force, right? You can't force a love on someone But being polite is You can, you can force yourself mm. to be polite I can't force myself to be in love with someone, but I can force myself to be polite and respectful and as a result, therefore, hold a greater esteem for this person that I'm preparing for, which can help me fall in in love. Mm. Um, I then need to give due respect to who I'm standing before. You don't need to be in a good or bad mindset to pray politely. Again, comes back to this thing, it's not about you. You are going to meet someone. You're going to address them. Regardless of your state, you have a certain level you have to conform to. Right? You don't need to love God either to pray politely. It's out of your own arrogance that you would not pray politely in front of your Lord. Mm. It's got nothing to do with your emotions. Right? For example, not laughing aloud, making large extra movements. Um, it's, it's abominable to actually scratch yourself as well, even small amounts. Um, Are you going to go into
1: that hadith about scratching yourself?
0: There's loads. I, I, there was about oh, five, but I missed a lot of them There was quite a lot. Yeah,
1: it's about if you, paraphrasing here, if you scratch yourself during namaz, shaitan will go and kiss kiss that, that part. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, That's stay mad. away from me. It's mad. And then after that, I was like, this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't. I'm really glad you were I wasn't sure because there was about three or four hadith that yeah. were mentioned there, and I wasn't sure to bring them up because I didn't want to. I know, scare people, because sometimes it can sound a bit OTT, but I think exactly the way you put it, when, you, when you're in this mindset of like, actually, no, thought. I really don't want you coming near me. Um, it's crazy. It's yeah. really, really crazy. <laughs> uh, alhamdulillah. There you go. So again, why are there such strict rules? Um, fundamentally, and he says this line, are these for anything besides the fact that in the first place, God wants politeness from us whilst praying? Right. So forget asking why, why, why. God ordered it because it's good for you, mm. because it creates this politeness, it helps, it gives you a better chance of falling in love with him, it gives you a better chance of receiving his greatness. We stand before our Lord ready to obey the laws out of respect and politeness. Perhaps, and this is my kind of thinking, it creates a level of discipline and acknowledgement of the significant being that we're then stood in front of. Mm. Um, so when standing, you need to focus on where you put, your, where you look and where you want to put your forehead, that's where you look, right? But when bowing, if you look in the same place, if you continue looking at your torba, your eyes are then coming up, and this is considered impolite. Oh, so therefore, it's incredible, it's just subtle things like yeah. this, right? And we feel it, we said sedge there is like this very humble position that you're in, in the mm-hmm. same way, you know, and we would argue if your arms are folded, it's slightly more disrespectful than if your arms are, you know, by your side, for example. And similarly with your eyes, if you're looking, you know, incorrectly, again, it's, it's quite impolite in in that respect. Mm. Um, there's then a few of the things that then come up here, which is about the right way to pray in some of the hadith from Imam Raza alayhis which you can have a look in the book. But fundamentally what we've tried to share with you today, Dubal and sisters, is that a polite prayer is critical. It helps you receive this love from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, and it's a way for you to fall in love with Allah. So if anything from this session, Just try and break up that preparation for your prayer To focus on being polite To focus on doing something slightly different That creates that preparation and that moment That also prepares you for sajda Which we spoke about a lot at the beginning And inshallah with that Allah will be able to Or Allah will then grant you more mercy and more love And as you become more submissive And reduce that arrogance and recognise his greatness. He continues to bestow you again and it's a never-ending cycle. And then inshallah, maybe we can be like Imam al-Calvin, who it seemed like wouldn't raise his head from his torba unless absolutely necessary. So inshallah, that's been useful. We hope to see you next week for session number six, where we continue on this huge part of the book around this polite prayer. We can see how important that is. And don't forget to remember one of us and one all of us in your da'as. And all the credit goes to Shaykh for any of the content that you've benefited. Any mistakes come from Muhammad Jawad and I, and forgive us for that. See you next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi